Welcome back to Who the Fuck Are These Guys? How are you, Mako Shah? Good, Matthew C. Very good, mate. Uh, how are you? It's a nice hot summer's day today. Look, it's very warm. Very warm, uh, Mako Shark. I'm sweating. Um, I'm known to be a bit of a, a sweater. I would like to say, though, before we get into it, um, I mean, if you were listening last week, and why wouldn't you be, we had the news that we are now always brought to you by Australia's greatest betting company, mm. Palmerbet. Palmer bet, bet responsibly, ladies and gentlemen. I was gonna say, what do uh, who the fuck and Palmer bet say? We always say you, you must and always gamble responsibly, Mako Shark. So the heat, how uh, how's it going over your end? Because we're doing this, uh, we're, we're a little bit more COVID uh, safe these last few weeks, and we're doing it uh, remotely again. So don't get the dulcet sounds on my right shoulder. Um, you warm? You uh, comfortable? Uh. What's the what's life like? Mate, summer is kicking our ass over here at the Mako Shark household. Uh, our air conditioner, our nice little evaporative cooling, has shit itself about four days ago. Oh, boy. So, uh, shit, mate. It's been 30-odd in this house now for days on end, and I'm jack of it. i tell you what else would make you jack of it. You, you being a Mako Shark, don't stop moving. That's it. The Mako Sharks do not stop moving, so I have to continually move. I've got to keep the... Uh, the air through the gills, so it's getting hard, mate. I'm sweating. I'm sweating up a storm. Schwitzing? Is it schwitz? Yeah, I'm schwitzing. It's uh, it's not the worst, you know. Drop drop nah. a keg or two. But you know what? It's a big week this week, Maddie. Well, I was going to just ask you, what do uh, we've had a great week, both of us. One's schwitzing. I'm schwitzing a bit. But what what do we have uh, coming up in this episode? Because as you said, it's a big one. Why don't you let the listeners just a bit of a tease on what's coming up? Absolutely. Well, the, the guests don't stop coming here on Who the Fuck It Is, guys, mate. We just keep them coming, and they might just keep getting bigger, one might say, each week. Uh, this week, UFC lightweight dynamo, I reckon you'd call him, the hooligan, the Irish hooligan himself, Jamie Malarkey, is with us this week on the pod, and gee, I'm excited. I tell you, um, we're building momentum. We're building uh, a plethora of world-class elite athletes on this pod. We are... We're probably, I mentioned to you during the week, I reckon we're becoming maybe the place to be for the, the up-and-coming guys that are just about to put their stamp on the world. We're, uh, we're, we're buying in ground floor, but after performances that they have, they, they'll be soon not on the ground floor. So I'm, I'm very excited for where this podcast is and the opportunity that we've got chatting to these blokes because it was another fantastic... I thought your line of questioning was, uh, was as good as it's been. I was really, uh, I really, I actually sat back and listened myself a little bit there. I quite enjoyed it, mate. Nothing but the best, most astute, just the, the loveliest questions in the game here on Who to Fuck. And I reckon uh, Malaki quite enjoyed them as well. Let's be honest. I reckon mate, he's a friend of the pod. He's a friend of the pod, mate. Anyone out there not familiar with this man, get on board now. He is a dynamo. He is an excitement machine. He's coming off back-to-back knockout victories in the UFC, and he has a big fight coming up in about six weeks, mate. UFC 272, Masvidal Covington. Yes, that might be a big fight, but it's not the fight you want. It is Jamie Malarkey. He is the man. All eyes are on him, and uh, he's on this week's pod, isn't he? He'll, uh, he'll be our best bet of the day, regardless of who else is on that card, and we'll be putting, uh, putting yep. our winnings from, uh, from one of our multis on the weekend with Palmer Bet Gamble responsibly in all-in chips on... The Malurky Culkin there. Um, yes, and, we'll be uh, loading up, mate. We'll be loading up. We'll be loading up. I'd like to just quickly also, just a little quick shout-out to uh, to another friend of the pod. He passes the pod a lot, Jesse Smith. He, he sort of started the uh, the train rolling with, with getting uh, Malurky on. So, look, we just got to... 
Well, mate, we might be Australia's hottest podcast, but sometimes it's uh, not what you know, but who you know. And we That's right. Thank so you. thank you to him, and we'll have something coming his way. Um, so we got we got the chat with uh, with with old mate coming up. What else have we got for the for the listeners, especially for the new listeners that uh, yeah, obviously we're, we're gaining momentum and and a lot of new listeners with every uh, episode. So what could you know? What can we, we we give the fans coming forward on this episode? A little like little wow. glimpse that they hang around. It's going to be a shitload of hooligan fans on here this week. So guys, we'll, we're going to get to the interview uh, momentarily. Don't uh, get too upset with us talking shit here, but. After the interview, we're going to talk a bit more shit. We're going to uh, we're going to recap the big uh, Inganu pay per view on the weekend. A few interesting things there. Aussie lad Jack Madalena, friend of the pod. We're going to talk about him. Uh, Our we're boy have Diego, a- we love him. We love him. There's a Shark Tank. We'll talk a little bit of shit, a few laughs. But uh, look, that's not why you're here right now. You're here for Jamie Malarkey. So, uh, Matty C, let's let's get to it. I reckon. All right. Without further ado, Jamie Malarkey. All right, who the fuck listeners? Uh, we've got a big one for you here today, mate. We've got none other than the hooligan himself, Jamie Malarkey. How are you, mate? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, good, good. How's he going? Yeah, going pretty well, mate. How are you? Uh, Central Coast, how's the weather up there? I'm actually in Wollongong right now. Um, oh, right. I'm just down for a couple of days training, but uh, yeah, it's, it's all, all sunny here, mate. But um, I'll be heading back up to the coast in a, probably tomorrow. Lovely. Well, I guess we might as well uh, jump into it because the uh, the big news has broken just recently. The new the next fight, you versus yep. Jalen Turner at UFC two seventy two, I believe, in March. So uh, give us the goss, mate. How are you feeling? Yeah, feeling good, feeling good. So camp started about two weeks ago, and um, yeah, just sort of been waiting for the uh, news to break out, but. Um, everything's going well, man. We're six weeks out and looking to really start ramping it up. I'd love to ask you around the, because uh, I'm not, and the um, Michael there, we're not fighters, we don't come from a fighting background, we've played sport, but I just, I love to hear from the fighters about the, the, the fight camp, the training camp, how, how does, how do you enjoy that, is it, uh, is it a slug, do you, some, some guys we, we've had on have talked up just absolutely loving it and some other guys don't enjoy that as much, how, how do uh, training camps go for yourself and do you enjoy that, that side of it or do you just wish you could just get, get into the fight? Oh, mate, I'd say it's long. It's, yeah. um, it's fucking, like, some days you're, you're, you're under the weather and you really, like, it's struggled to struggle to get going. And then, um, other like, I, I love fight camp. I love fight camp because it's, in my mind, it's me being the best version of myself that I can possibly be. So <clears throat> um, it's when I feel the best. Um, even though you're, you're training, you're, you're basically overtraining yourself. Every camp I overtrain myself and I'll, I'll crash at least a few times. But um, it's it's enjoyable nonetheless. I was going to also ask you around overtraining because we just saw on the weekend with uh, Figueredo and Mourinho with their fight um, and the second fight it looked like he had a really tough weight cut and sort of didn't look all in that great shape at that weigh-in and then obviously had a pretty bad loss and then on the weekend he looked a lot healthier and looked a lot fresher. So is that something that your coaches are really um, trying to manage and you have to try and manage not to go too hard in your camp so you're at your absolute peak when you want to get out there and perform? Yeah, well, it's, a, it's about listening to your body, right? Like, <clears throat> I, I always overtrain. Like, I'll, I'll 100% overtrain myself this camp, but the way we do it is we kind of, we like, teach ourselves to push through those barriers and... Um, you you'll hit walls for sure, but we we get through them. But 
a hundred percent it's it's super important not to overtrain too close to the fight so like now for instance six weeks out i can afford to overtrain i can afford to have my system crash and then i've got a you know a couple of days to recover and get through it but I've heard before that it's um it's actually worse to go into a fight overtrained than undertrained. So like you could go into a fight like sort of out of shape, and it would be even better than going in when you're when you're overtrained and your system's crashed and can't recover properly. So no, nah, it's it's super important, and it's kind of like <clears throat> kind of getting better at at listening to my body too on the on these big um camps, especially training with um Alex Volkanovski, the the featherweight champion. That's that's like why I'm um, overtraining because his fucking workload is just ridiculous. Yeah, he's a bit of an animal. I was going to actually ask you about that. Obviously, you'll be probably doing camps side by side with him with a with a world championship fight coming up. So that must do heaps for you, you blokes in the gym. It must like, really help mentally wise and just seeing day to day what you have to do to achieve that kind of greatness. Yeah, no, it really does. It, it's like I've, I've the last two camps I've done with um, Volk now. And the freestyle team, and um, it's it gives me a lot of confidence because <clears throat> you've just done a world championship camp, and I reckon he's probably the fittest bloke in the UFC. Um, yeah, he's a freak. Yeah, yeah, he's an absolute. It gives us gives us huge confidence. That's awesome. Well, this fight, mate, it got cancelled. Well, not cancelled. I shouldn't say that. You had to pull out. What was that about? Eighteen months ago or something? So it's yeah, yeah. This fight's pretty much been um, two years two years in the making now because um, me and Jalen were scheduled to fight in uh, where was it Auckland um, yeah. at the start of 2020 yeah start of 2020 yeah so <clears throat> I had to put out with uh, neck surgery I um, I got a bulge disc in my neck um, it was pushing onto my spinal cord um, I pushed I, I like I got the injury and it was like real bad pain and then I pushed through it for about three weeks and I got I thought I was like getting better and then because my nerve was impinged that um I, st- I couldn't lift my arm up and I, I was then I was like oh shit something's not right here so <clears throat> I went and got the scans done and got an MRI and everything and um yeah basically had to had to withdraw from the fight so it's um it's come full circle now so it'll be a cracker fight. Yeah, definitely. How was the uh, recovery from that bit hard road? Yeah, uh, well, it was about they gave us twelve weeks recovery. I think I was back training um, within sort of seven, seven, eight weeks, just very lightly and like sort of getting the body moving and back into things. But um, yeah, all in all, it was about ten weeks all up, but could bounce back pretty quick. And um, yeah, definitely, I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm twice the fighter from from when I was back then. You mentioned that you're, uh, you have the opportunity to train with the Volk. Um, I reckon on the surface to the people looking on from the outside that the Australian scene or the guys we've got in the UFC at the minute seems to probably be nearly not probably at the peak of its powers with guys coming up and getting wins and holding belts and whatnot. Do, do you guys, um, obviously you and the Volk work together a little bit, but do other guys, do you, do you keep in contact with each other and try and help each other where possible? Because Aussies, we're, we're generally better blokes and most people around the world, we, we try and help each other. Is that something that you guys do? Is there a bit of a mateship there or you're all just in your own corners and if you train together, you're lucky enough to do that and you just worry about your own business? Yeah, no, I definitely think there's a mateship there. There's like a um, camaraderie between all the 
all the Aussie fighters in the UFC, we all kind of get around each other and um, support each other. Um, where we can help, like, mate, we might not be able to physically help or whatever, but we always show each other, like, that support, you know, and um, get around it. And um, any time that I'd be able to train with any of the other guys, like, it's it's that level, you know. Like, we're all at that uh, sort of high, high level um, from in the world, really. So, yeah, definitely everyone's um, getting right around it. I actually saw a comment from uh, Jimmy Crute on your post yesterday, I think it was, announcing the fight, and it just made me laugh that it's just this Aussie type of mentality. He's like, tag it. He said, come on, mate, let's go. Let's bash him. And that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a little inside joke, man, Jimmy, because uh, we were um, we got on the piss together in uh, Abu Dhabi after one of our fights, and um, he was just saying to me, he was like, we were blind as, and he was just saying to me, all you got to do is just bash him. Just <laughs> Just yeah, that's what every time one of us gets a fight, we're like, just bash him. Oh, I love it, mate. I that is as Aussie as it gets. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, what's uh, Jalen Turner like? What do you reckon? How's the matchup going to favour yourself? Yeah, it's a it's a good matchup. It's um he's he's a tricky fighter, man. He's got a lot of weapons, um a lot of dangerous weapons to be to be wary of. But he's um I think the length is going to be the biggest thing getting the, getting inside that length. So um. We've got our, our like game plan and we've got we've got our little things that we're gonna try to implement in the fight and um try and just take it to him and get another win. Is there any uh personal issues or anything? Are we gonna expect any trash talk from either camp or is it just head down, get the job done? Nah, that's not really my style, mate. Like I just I just yeah. like to get let the, the trainer and the fight and do the talking. Um but yeah, there's, there's all respect from me. I'd like to know, um, obviously, you, we don't like when guys look ahead and, and disrespect current opponents, but if you, were, if you are to go out and fight your best and get the win, is there, um, without putting you on the spot, is there anything that, like from a dream opponent or wh- wh- what's next? What, what do you think um, and wh- where do you want to go with, with uh, fighting-wise and opponents? Who, who do you think would be a great matchup for the fans and yourself? What, what's a dream for you? Um, I think... I don't, mate, to be honest, I don't have like a, a single name that that comes to mind. I'm, I I think that this fight's going to push me, if not in the top twenty, like right at the back of it. I'm I'm, yep. I'm, I'm pretty much right there. Yeah. Um, I think Jalen's a, a tougher fight than some of the guys that are in in that sort of uh, around that top twenty mark. So um, <laughs> this is a this is a, just my breakthrough fight. I'm looking at it, and um, I I can't wait to show the world what I can do and uh, really get a stamp on things. Well, definitely in that division you're in, the 155, mate, it's a, it's a fucking murderer's row, isn't it? Basically all the way through to the top 25. I'd say it's, along with 135, probably the strongest division in the whole whole UFC. So you've got your work cut out for you no matter who you're fighting. So you get a win here, I reckon you could be looking uh, next fight, a ranked sort of thing. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, no, it sure is. I was wrapped that you didn't uh, you didn't give me many names because on this podcast we've uh, we've been keeping a bit of a track and blokes that have been looking ahead they often lose so um, I think the big fella Francis was the first guy that we've seen looking looking past his current opponent um, to potentially like boxing or whatever he was looking at he's probably the first one that's won so that's a good answer on our part mate where I'm wrapped uh, personally so. uh, going <laughs> that's it i want to get into this mate like your debut in the ufc people might not know but it was three weeks notice can you take us through how that came about like 
were you on the radar of the UFC pre, or were you just at home scratching your ass order and got the call? Like, what, what's the go there? Um, no, I was on the radar like for a while before the fight, um, or before that uh, UFC event in Melbourne. And no, nah, basically, I I basically caught wind that um, Brad Riddell was announced to fight on that card, but he hadn't had an opponent yet. So <clears throat> I. I was training, um, not obviously not like a fight camp training, so I wasn't like, you know, in the, in in crazy good shape. But I was in shape, and um, yeah, I, I straight away just got on the fucking got on the social media, got anyone that I could to just pump it and tag the UFC, and then it worked. It um it caught me of I think um basically their camp. Uh, liked the fight, they said, "Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll definitely like why not put another Aussie on and like uh, another Anzac and get that fight done." So it worked out well. Must have been a head spin, mate, going from nothing to bloody fighting uh, against a killer like Brad Riddell at Marvel Stadium. Must have been just incredible. What are your memories of that? Yeah, it was crazy, man. Like I was, I was on the so I was on the job site. I was working. I'm a I'm a plumber and. Um, I was working on the site and got the call from uh, my coach Ross, and he basically just said, "Mate, you're fighting in uh, three weeks against Brad Riddell on uh, on UFC 243." Wow. So um, it was crazy, mate. Like <clears throat> big, um, it just all happened so fast, and it was almost like I didn't get to really soak it in. Uh, that's how fast it, it sort of all happened. But um, nah, now like I'm four fights in now, I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable and. Like, I know how the company works a little bit more now, so it um, definitely feels like i got my feet under me with the company. Well, you might not have got the chocolates in that fight, mate, but Jesus Christ, I watched it again just recently. What a war that was. So even though you didn't get the win, you would have definitely uh, been in the good graces of the company, no doubt, putting on a show like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you've gone into that fight, as you said, off three weeks. It probably comes back to what you were saying about the overtraining. You... you you obviously had a fantastic uh, performance in the county yourself. You d- didn't get the win, but three weeks training still held you in good stead. So it sort of comes back to what you were saying about the overtraining element. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, and that's another one where um, having that intense training over a three-week period, it can almost, if you, if you overshoot it, it can probably put you backwards. So, yeah, that was another one where we had to um, just do it the right way. And you've obviously there, you fought at Marvel Stadium, a huge, uh, huge venue. Then your next fight, I think, was in Abu Dhabi there at Fight Island. And then you've moved over to bloody uh, the Apex in Vegas with no fans. And now you're going to be fighting in Vegas with fans. So, like, you might not have much experience, but, geez, you've done everything, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's, um, it's been a crazy little ride. But I'm um, definitely looking forward to fighting in front of the fans again because uh, like, I, I use that energy and uh, take it with me, so... I'm uh, I'm very excited about that. It's the first time I fought in front of fans for since that fight with, um, with Brad Riddell. 2019, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's it like fighting with no fans? Is it like a weird sort of fight club sort of primal thing? Or some people like it, some people don't. What, what's your opinion of no fans? Yeah, I'm not a fan of it, eh? I'm not, I'm not really into it. I like, I like a bit of noise and I like, I like eyes on me, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> even the last... Uh, I think the last fight that I had at the Apex, I had a small crowd, like literally about 50 to 100 people around the octagon and that, even just having that was something, you know what I mean? Like just gave me a little bit more like 
kick up, I guess. The uh, from a spectator, I, I much prefer with the fans as well because when they're when they're in that apex, some of those strikes really uh, ram home just how tough a sport it is. Some of the kicks and whatnot, and they seem to have become a more prominent thing. But you really hear everything, so it's probably a bit off-putting too as a fighter. You probably when you're in in the in the in the actual thing with a a, a packed stadium, you probably uh, you, you you sort of flushed everything out. But when it's empty, it's almost echoing shots off your own body. It's probably a bizarre experience. Yeah, it almost feels like a little bit eerie. Like it's like um, it's like walking into training, and but you know that it's it's a fight and it's intense. Um, <clears throat> whereas with the with the noise and everything and the the energy from the crowd, it just rolls you up that bit more. It just gives you that little bit more juice. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you obviously, yeah, you lost that one, that war against Riddell, and you had a little bit of a, a tight decision in your second fight. But let's talk about the two wins you've had back to back. Uh, what were your thoughts going into that third fight? I'm sure it was, uh, look, not shaky, but it must have been weighing on your mind. You just got to get your best performance, get on your front foot. What was that like against uh, I think Karma Worthy? Yeah, yeah, that was um, against the wall on that one a bit. And um, I think that brought the best out of me, to be honest. Because, um, yeah, it's, and it's like, like I put every fight the same mentality um, as that one, but... It was like just such an important fight to win, you know. That was pretty much everything riding on that one, <clears throat> and then that really gave me my confidence after I won that. So, um, just looking to keep that momentum going now. Just a bit of reward for effort. It would have definitely helped the confidence. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I would have said I would have thought that would be in any sort of sport from a um, you know a personal thing. You must have gone into that really. Thinking this is uh, this is my my last shot. I don't know how the UFC works. We do, do, do they speak to you before you know those sort of type of fights? We've had a couple of losses. Do they do they speak to your team and say like we need a big performance here? Because um, there's not much clarity about it for the fans. We don't really see how that that side of it works. But was there any contact from anyone inside the business talking to your people about we need a big performance, or they just trusted your ability and that's why they signed you in the first place? And it was it was about that we we trust he's going to go out there and do what he can do. Yeah, no, no direct, um, direct like wording of it, but it's sort of like in in the um, in the UFC, it's kind of a unspoken like sort of rule. Like if you out of your out of your contract, if you uh, pretty much like three fights in a row that you're losing, or um, that's that's the way I look at it. Like you had three fights in a row, that that's that's pretty bad, and it's yeah. more than likely that you you're not going to get re-signed. It's, well, as you said, it probably brought the best out in you. So, actually, might not have been the worst thing. Yeah, yeah. It would feel to me that you get over that hump, and now you can feel confident in getting into what you do and what what your best traits are now, and not be worried as, as much about the win loss. You just now probably have a bit off weight off the shoulders and can get out there and, and give everyone the full the full array of what you do. Uh yeah, for sure. But um, I've I've sort of like kept that um that underdog mentality you know like that i've um, always got my back against the wall now and um i, I think i've been the underdog my last three fights um yeah, definitely. Uh, it's just that's the the mentality that i'm keeping now just every everyone's doubting me so i'm i'm, I'm looking to prove everyone wrong mate i wouldn't be doubting you after those last two mate those uh the Devontae fight those that combo that you landed to the body that was some vicious stuff so i reckon Mate, I reckon you've stamped yourself as someone to watch at least. You know, it's not going to be boring when you're in the ring or the octagon. Yeah. yeah. 
I saw that you've only ever had one win by decision. So is that something? Obviously, you go in there looking to stop the fights pretty soon. Yeah, no, that's always been my my like I've yeah one one fight out of uh, I think the uh, the fight that went to decision before I made the UFC. Yeah, and that just says a lot about um, the sort of pace that I bring. I'm I'm trying to get you out of there within that fifteen minutes. Always, that's always the goal. I'd love to ask you a little bit about the the local scene um, coming up to, to get your chance in the UFC. How tough is the Australian sort of local MMA scene? And is it really hard to get a break? Or do the good guys sort of rise to the top and eventually get their opportunity? Because it feels to me, sometimes when you see some highlights, it looks real Bush League stuff at times. It'd just be some, I just wonder how hard it is for guys to actually get on the radar on a world, such a, you know, a massive sport around the world. Like it, it sometimes it seems a long way away getting to the pinnacle of it. Yeah, no, nah, look, the... Australian MMA scene right now is strongest it's ever been. Like it's um I think it's come a long, long way. Um, like the the amateurs are training like pros now and you're just seeing like slowly but surely you're seeing this like the the basically that level is just going up and up and up of your even your amateur fighters, like they're um they're really putting it on at the moment and I, I couldn't be you know, more proud of the Australian scene at the moment. And um, I think the, like, breaking through into, like, with a big fight organisation is, like, becoming more and more, uh, like, seen, more and more relevant um, with the Australian uh, fight scene. Well, we just saw a local boy from Perth just take the piss on the weekend, Jack Della, Madalena there. That was an impressive debut from the young man. I was watching him in the local circuit. I think it's Eternal over there in Perth, and he'd been knocking blokes out for a few years, so... It's bloody good to see another young fella get onto the uh, UFC and really impressed. Yeah, yeah, no, he killed it. <clears throat> and um, you're just seeing more and more of them like, coming through now. Like, we, we, we've got good fighters out here, like, and we're starting to really show that. There's another teammate of yours, Josh Coolabow. I've taken notice of him too. He looks like he's uh, really starting to get his feet in yeah. the UFC. He's got a fight coming up, so that's another, another one to look out for. Yeah, yeah, 100%. No, there's a bunch of us, bunch of us coming through. I had a question uh, you mentioned a little bit before how you, you got on the piss with Jimmy Crute one time and that. Um, I, I play AFL or local footy and we have a pretty good beer, um, you know, after the game type of uh, attitude. With the fighting, obviously, to get to where you are and at that elite level, do you, as a younger bloke, do you miss a lot? Do you miss like that aspect with your mates or do you just realise this is the you've been gifted with this talent, you're going to go out and do it and you can worry about that later because... We had a boxer on, um, and he mentioned it was really hard at times seeing his mates, you know, do normal things because you know not everyone's lucky enough to get to what the level yourself and, and other elite fighters are at. Is that something that is hard to deal with, or you've just got a good internal crew and you you enjoy beer when you can, but just worry about what, what's in front of you and the opportunity you've got? Yeah, sometimes like, um, it is hard, like when you, especially um, for me. Right? Up through like teenage years, like through those like late teens, and um, seeing your mates all like going out, going out all the time, and it was just a normal thing. But um, it's like the the sweetness of victory just like overcomes that. You know what I mean? Like when you when you can put your head down and get it done, then like that it makes it all worth it. <clears throat> so there is hard times for sure, but the it's it's. For sure, it's worth it at the end, and then we take that absolute piss after a fight. We're a bunch of scumbags, so we are. 
I was actually going to ask that. I go, there must be nothing sweeter than like, you busted your ass for eight to 12 weeks in camp. And then you get over to like Las Vegas of all places. You get yourself <laughs> a win. That must be the just the biggest weight off your shoulders to be able to hit the town and just take the piss. Yeah, yeah for sure. No, that's it's like we're fighters. We're, we're, we're all rough. We're all rough guns anyway. So we all book uh, right into it. I love it. What's it going to be like? It's probably going to be your biggest sort of, you're in Vegas, obviously. I think it's the Masvidal Covington card that you're on, yeah? Yep. So there's going to be a lot of eyes on that. So it's going to be a big fight week. How hard is it to sort of keep the distractions away and just focus on obviously weight cutting, all that shit? Oh, man, it just, it's, it's not even distractions to me, for me. It's like just exciting. Like, I mean, uh, like when I got put on um, the main card for Stipe versus Nganu, like yeah. that was just like robbed me up so much when I because I think I found out I was on the main card when I was on fight week. Oh, so wow. hopefully I'll get put on the main card again. But um yeah, yeah. It, like for me, the more eyes it's on me and the bigger the show, the the more I step up. That's just how I've always been. Well I reckon doing what you did on that steep A main card, knocking a bloke out in what, forty seven seconds, I reckon that'll uh maybe play into this. I reckon they'd be silly not to put you on the main card. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hope let's hope. It's like cards like that and performances like that. You only need a couple to really get that breakthrough, and I'm sure that you'd get, you know, you'd notice followers and 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 noise around you. So if if you are on that main card and you have another huge performance, it, it's massive for you and your career going forward in the fights that you'll get. Like you mentioned, you'll be probably ranked, and then you'll start to really um, build build some momentum and, and continue going forward. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Every um every performance is. Or what do they say? You're only as good as your last one as well. So um, I'm every every single time I fight, I'm looking to put on a show. Like not not at the risk of losing, obviously. Oh, like obviously getting the wins the most important thing. But my style is exactly that. Anyway, I'm a I'm a exciting fighter to watch. So um, yeah, just just keep doing what I'm doing, eh? Love that, mate. Well, I'm sure it probably plays into this, but what's the uh, the origin of the hooligan nickname? I'm sure it probably comes from your younger days. Yeah, me mates. It's a couple of me mates. Irish uh, descent, obviously. Yeah. Rat bag, so just always uh, a couple of me mates just started screaming out hooligan and um, <laughs> just kind of stuck. No, I love it. <clears throat> All right, well, that's probably won't keep you all night because uh, you've got training. Obviously, uh, you're training for a fight, so we really appreciate you jumping on the pod and uh, giving us a bit of your time in such a uh, busy period. But uh, so, what? Any sort of last words? What people can look out for in the in the fight coming up, and just what to expect? Um, no, no, not much. Just keep your eyes on the fight, mate. And uh, UFC two seventy two. Tune in. Watch me go to work. We appreciate you coming on, mate. We hope you have a big win. And love to get you back on um, again afterwards, and we can we can sort of celebrate that win and, and what's what's to come in, in what's going to be a fantastic career. So I really appreciate you, you you stepping aside, giving us some some time today, mate, and wish you all the best. No worries at all. Thanks for having us on, Legends. Good yeah, on you, mate. Brother. Much appreciated. Right, cheers, boys. Boy, oh boy, wowee, did we talk that up and did it deliver, Mako Shark? Thoughts on the malarkey. Mate, week after week after week, the interviews with the boys are delivering. What a ripper Jamie Malarkey is, mate. I reckon he is one hell of a one hell of a fella. Tell you, we um, as I mentioned pre-interview, we're, we're becoming the place to to be for the, the blokes who are about to go atomic on the world. Yeah, um, we've got a real straight shooter guest too. We don't have too many guests that 
I mean, we had Buff. Buff probably put a bit of mayo on a few things, but our, our line of guests are very honest boys, and they're straight to the fucking point no, with it. Like no they, bullshit. There's absolutely no... Nothing but greatness with all of them, and that was just fucking great. He's a real top Aussie bloke, just going out there, as you said, just to bash him. Mate, how, I just wish one day I could be over in Vegas and just hit the town with a bunch of Aussie lads that have just had a win and just letting loose. Because you imagine, could you imagine, like we go on a footy trip and, oh, it's big, we all pop for a fucking footy trip. Imagine yeah. busting your ass for a UFC fight camp for three-odd months. You fight a man in a cage, get the win, and then you hit the town in Vegas. Could you imagine the absolute tomfoolery? Oh, we all sort of, ooh, we're holding our urine and then we're doing it on ourselves. We're these mad guys. But, like, fuck, oh. could you imagine, like you said, and, and especially these ones, like, he's, his last one, under a minute, you've, yeah. you've basically not been touched. You've got a win. Oh, you've just gone berserk. And then you're fresh as a daisy yeah. and you have Vegas at your feet. I could only just imagine. The mind boggles, actually, what these lads could get up to. It would be fucking amazing. Be hard not to have a little like head wobble too. I reckon you've had a big yeah. win on a pay per view, and then you're sort of sitting back, like feet up. Oh, look at me, not a scratch. Put a, put your nice kit on and yep. hit the town. It's probably. Uh, I was actually going to say to him, but I didn't didn't sort of have a chance to get it in there. I was going to say probably a dangerous place for a <laughs> fucking civilian fight week in Vegas with all the boys that have been all not drinking boys. for God knows how long, and then just unleashing. Just un- I'll be putting on the dancing shoes, a bit of John Travolta Saturday Night Fever type stuff, just letting loose in Las Vegas. Well, we've been known to do Vegas well. Imagine if we were fighters. How good uh, yeah. we do it? Oh, mate, just ramp it right up. So Ramp it right up. Look, so that, was, um, that, was, that great. was fantastic, and we just we are very thankful again. And we say it, we don't want to be saying it with sucks, but like... It's massive these blokes taking time out for the for the I mean, we are the hottest pod in Australia, but it's still a, a big, big commitment on them to you know, he was in between training, yeah, come over for some lunch by the looks of it, and just gave the boys half an hour of his time. Um, no questions asked. So the uh, the availability of some of these guys I think is unbelievable and I'm I'm and you I know you are very thankful that they give that to us because it helps us um, build our little podcast, but it helps put a shine a light on some of these Aussie guys up and coming. So, yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to say about... Yeah, just um, fucking... The Aussie spirit's what it's about, I reckon. It's just blokes having having a crack and blokes just really getting around it. So I really do appreciate it. And I'm telling you, anyone out there that hasn't watched his fight with Brad Riddell, mate, his debut in the UFC, I swear to God, like, turn the podcast off. All right, come back to it later. But yeah. go watch that fight. Get it on the YouTubes. Get it on the fight pass. Something. Go watch that fucking fight because, my God, this man, he actually, he knows how to fight. Let's let's put it that way. Is Maybe link it on the Instagram. I'll be putting up some highlights because, yeah, he didn't win, but Christ, he won a legion of fans in that fight. It was say, sometimes you're, you're winning doesn't always have to be the, in this nah. game. You, have a, you know, you come in off three weeks. Yeah, big crowd. You know, I mean, a lot of other people wouldn't wouldn't have even got close to that sort of performance. So yeah, the third um, round of speed. I think it was like might have even been near round of the year twenty nineteen. It was fuck. You just got to watch it. Unbelievable. Well, the YouTubes have all fight replays. They do, mate. So yeah, get on it. Um, now, for all the new listeners, as we've got millions of them, this is uh, this. If you haven't heard it before, this this next segment that we. Uh, we've got coming up is the greatest segment in any form of media in any form of anything really i think like there's nothing not even your crap little team meeting at work gets close to this where you think you got in jokes and it's funny this is the segment that stops all segments this is uh the greatest that you'll ever hear and ever will hear and without uh any more i'll put you over to the mako shark tank all right mako shark tank here we go. I'm putting something on notice, something that's uh, been irking me my whole life, to be honest. 
You know, a life irks big. Oh, mate, it's been years. I reckon Fucking you're going let, to... Uh, let it go. Let it go, maker. You would have heard me complain about this many times over the years. But right, I'm telling you right now, people that go to Chinese restaurants and automatically just start assuming everyone wants to share their meals. Fuck off. I can't stand it. What goes oh, through these people's mind, right? We have a fucking functioning society, don't we? You go to a restaurant, you pick a meal, you eat it. You walk into a Chinese restaurant, all of a sudden, everyone's minds just turn to fucking mash, and you've got Susan up the end of the table just declaring that she'll just order a few things, and we can all just share it. I'll just it's get all, some, it's uh, always a Susan. It's uh, always uh, a how Susan. How about we just get a few plates of steamed broccoli and some beef and black bean sauce, and we can all just sort of share? And I'm like, bitch, No. I don't want that, all right? I'm going to order my own meal, and I'm going to sit here in peace, and I'm going to fucking eat it. Well, you, you talk about the fucking steamed broccoli. I bet, like, it's always Susan that orders it, but then doesn't touch it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Susan orders all this shit, then she gets her eyes on the bloody uh, the wontons and the bloody Kobe beef and all the uh, the good stuff. She fucking, the lazy Lemon Susan, maker. she spins the lazy Susan in the middle of the oh. table and starts grabbing all the good stuff, and I'm stuck with the, the split peas. So- <laughs> I've had enough. The split piece. Hey, is your issue with the lazy Susan maybe as well? Well, yeah. It would be a lot harder to share. With the lazy Susan creates a, a bit of a, an interesting dynamic at these restaurants when you can just spin it with gay abandon. Are you? <laughs> I don't think that's are you a, going. Uh, a slur. Are you going uh, just on Chinese? Or are we nah. get, we're talking because Indians are big. Indians are big. Let's share. See, that's bullshit, I reckon. If I'm an Indian, I'm going a butter chicken into like three naan breads and I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to town. Are you happy to share bread or get your own bread? Look, as long as there's enough bread to go around, we can all like, we can share. Okay. So it's, it's Chinese, it's Indian. What other cuisine? Well, normally like, it's basically it's Chinese. It's maybe Thai. You go to a Thai restaurant, the same sort of bullshit starts to go down. Uh, Vietnam, I think they're all basically the same, really. I don't partake in them too often. Yeah. But when I do, mate, it irks me. I get and hot under the collar, Matty. You've seen it. Do you like when people offer you bites? No, I'm not a big bite taker. Unless it's the dog. Cash, Cash's family, God love them. They're big on like you go out for dinner and I've ordered the Palmer and like mm. the brothers ordered something shit. He's like, it's unreal. Taste it. Have a taste. I'm like, no, I, I, you're a good fella, mate. I love you, but I, I, I ordered the Palmer. I don't want your uh, calamari yeah, fucking... I don't, I don't really need a bite. Fish. I don't want a bite. I don't like a lick. I just, if I want strawberry ice cream, I'll order strawberry ice cream. If I wanted chocolate, I would have ordered it or got two scoops. Having said that, though, I am the Mako Shark. I, uh, I like to shark someone's meal they might not finish off. I was going to say, I if wasn't going to put you in it, but geez, nah, you, nah. What, you watch blokes. Like I'm like a a fucking, a... It's actually, sometimes it's unsettling. It actually feels like you're in the water. <laughs> I'm a hawk, And mate. you get that sort of that feeling that maybe there's something below. When you get yeah. near your end of your, fir- your meal and you just start to slow up a bit, you see my eyes the Mako on you. Shark picks you out and you feel him looking at you, and the minute you lock eyes, he's like, you're going to finish that i'm like a, uh, a mathematician just sizing up all the uh different possible circumstances is he going to finish that palm or is there going to be was, chips left put you, that's absolutely you actually are the mako shark you're genuinely to your name so it's it's not really it's not just a chinese thing it's it's a sharing thing you're not big on the shit do you, do you like to do because you're a bit of a food smith yeah. you like to go out and food up foodie like what yeah. i don't mind i get a nice sort of a tapas restaurant or something like that okay I, I can deal with that but like i probably i'm not the biggest chinese food guy right so yeah i don't like a lot of the shit that most people will operate like i'm just not a big like green veggie type of guy i don't want to deal yep. in that i just want to deal in like a plate of meat for myself and it seems to irk the susans and the karens and the fucking What's a shit name for a bloke? I don't even know. The, the Dwayne. No, not Dwayne. Mark? Dwayne's in, no. Marks. Yeah, Mark? the Marks, the Davids. All these type of... No, what's the, uh, what's the male equivalent to a Karen? 
Um, the river. I'll Google it. Yeah, just kill some dead air. I'll just yeah. keep talking to me, baby. There's some I'll sort of. I'll find this. Trevor. Tre- no, Trevor's a Karen. bloke. Um, a Quinton, I reckon. A Quinton. If you're a Quinton, you'd be the fucking first bloke to try and share food at a Chinese restaurant, and I'm off ya. Ken. Yeah. Ken and Kevin. Ken and Karen. I guess that's fair enough. <laughs> Look, I just want to eat my own plate of meat that I've uh, specifically probably already picked on the menu three days out. Yeah, you like to pre pre, but I, I, I'm um, I'm sort of half shocked because I know you're a, you like to be a cultured man with food, and often culture equals sharing. So mm. it might not be the sharing aspect; it could just be the we, we could have uncovered that you're just not a big Asian food guy. You should just scrap it. <laughs> it could be that, mate. It could be that. Probably you know? wise advice, but sometimes you get roped into these things. You don't have a, you don't have a say. No, that, that's absolutely correct. And I just um, feel like I get judged by these bloody Susans, and they look at me like, oh, oh, you don't want to be a part of our little communal gathering. You could go one step further too, which we've been a victim of. I'm sure you've been a victim of. Where you go out, let's say six couples, right? Oh, no. Here we go. couple of you driving, though. Like, yeah. you know, so let's say yeah. Tash and Sam are driving. Mm-hmm. The, other, the other four, including, well, maybe the other... The other couples, everyone else isn't, right? Yep. And then they're being quite... Loosey-goosey? No, well, Tash and Sam are just drinking fucking water. Barking waters, yep. And then we get to the end and then there's always that one fuck... It's actually a Susan. It's a Susan. It's always a Susan. That will say, oh, let's just split it. <laughs> well, I don't mind a split. split. There's a lot and of things are fair. They've just, eat, they've just fucking had 45 pina coladas. Yeah, they've had a bottle of Dom Perignon. Tash and Sam, yeah, they've got the bottle, which always, when you see the bottle come out, you go, oh, yeah. boy, the fuck. We've got a bloody a sparkling water and one Jack and Coke over here versus <laughs> three bottles of Dom Perignon, uh, three bottles of fucking Grey Goose. Let's split it. And half a dozen lobsters, and then, yeah, let's just split it equally. Uh, yeah, that could have been the That's joke. a Susan too. So Susan needs to probably fuck off, Maker. Yeah, there's a lot of things that can fuck off. And, you know, each week I'm bringing them to you. Um, anything else further to add in the, in the tank? Nah, just this heat, mate. I spoke about it as in, on the intro, but I am schwitzing up a storm. I've had to uh, lock myself away in the uh, theatre room here at the, uh, the residence. And the theatre. I can the see theater. a bit of uh, Larry for the listeners. You've got, uh, got some frame. You've probably got to update that, do you not? Yeah, I've only got up to season seven on the wall. Seasons one through seven, Kerber Enthusiasm, all framed on the wall. But uh, I need a bigger wall, mate. I can't fit the rest of them on. It's a big wall too. So, yeah, anyone that's going to Chinese with the idea to... To share, uh, don't invite Mako Shark. But also, if you are going to suggest the shit stuff, make sure you fucking eat it, right? Don't exactly. leave it. And don't eat like Mako Shark's fucking beautiful meats yeah. that he's ordered because that's probably all he's going to order and that's yeah. what he wants. So if you're going to fucking do it, bloody eat your broccoli. Eat your eat, greens. Yeah, eat don't your touch fucking, his. Eat your snow peas, all right? And leave me alone. Fucking oath. I'm with you on that, Mako Shark. And I, I look... I don't mind the share because I, I I don't mind the odd green, but yeah, if I if I've I'm never ordering that. I'll let someone else order that, and I, I might have a little feature of it. But hundred percent, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 look, I don't mind the Asian food. It's not bad, not bad for me. But um, I'd like to just put in it's a little one. Mm-hmm. Um, Go for it. So I was uh, I was off yesterday afternoon. The the, the Mrs. Walshy 
Um, God love her, had the, the hospital appointment. So God love her. Uh, we're now going into a bit of a state of isolation like the Italian. He's uh-huh. been, uh, yeah, he's been yeah. out of limelight for a few weeks. I'm going into that, and you'll probably have to go into that yourself. So, well, yes, baby on the way for the people that might just be joining us for the first time. Oh, uh, yeah, we've both got babies on the way, so good on us. Yeah, um, COVID throwing We're, we're good boys, and we're going to have good children. Absolutely. Um, we've already forced the marriage, so that's, that's already been agreed upon. It's going to be the world's um, first arranged lesbian wedding. So... Anyway. Look, we're Australia's hottest pod and we're Australia's yeah. uh, most fore-minded thinking uh, yeah. parents. We're going to raise our daughters as lesbians and they will be happily ever after. Yeah, so getting just back to my story, I've just, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd been looking after little uh, Leo, the great, the great little fella there, and then, uh, yeah, we, we were out and about and then someone, uh, someone saw and in, instead of ringing me directly, mm-hmm. some, someone from work, you know, just ring your boss directly and, oh. Saw Crooksy uh, at this time of the day in this area. Was he supposed to be there? Oh, who's this? Uh, I don't. I didn't get a name, but I just want to put on notice any of these corporate people, right? Mm-hmm. That think it's it's a good idea just to sort of backstab someone to try and climb your way to the top. Mm. I tell you, Mako Shark, it Ooh. it irks me to no other. I, I'm I'm really a um I'm a tradey minded guy with no skills. That's my issue. But okay. I go all right in the corporate world, but I don't play the game. Hate so the it's game. a real. I'm stuck in like fucking, you know, one foot in, one foot out mentally, like with what my skill set and my actual attitude, it doesn't align. Yep. But wouldn't you just think if you saw me and thought I was doing the wrong thing as a fellow co-worker, you just yeah. courtesy phone call? So he's seen big fella out on the street pounding the pavement in the big size 15s. And instead of thinking, oh, there goes Crooksy looking after his cardiovascular health, good on him. He thought, I'm going to stitch this bloke up. Correct. What a prick. Yeah, went, went straight above me. Went straight above me. Straight up to the um, top. Over wow. my head. So I reckon if anyone listening is in the corporate world and you think it's sort of a good idea to, you know, put put your foot on someone without the full story, Mm-mm. next time ring the person direct. Yeah. Don't be a prick. Just that, don't. That's my fault. You know, there's enough going on in the world, enough negativity. Don't Just worry be about a, it. an upstanding citizen. And when I get your name, which I'll get it, because yeah. I've got, don't worry, I've got fucking... Got a few fingers and a few pies at work. I've got a few fucking male. Got a few male men in there. Absolutely. I'll find out. Nothing stays. And you will get one of the greatest sprays that the world's ever seen Bacon. by the Moco Shark in the biggest uh, rated segment in all of entertainment. So we'll I'll just put you on notice. We'll invite him on the pod or her, whoever it is. Invite him on the pod and then we'll just fucking shank him on air. Got a couple of suspicions, but... I tell you I'm what, they need to know, employed, mate. So you know, you got to look after your, 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 your without naming names. But there, there'll be a uh, point where I'll dulling someone else's shine does not make your light shine brighter. This person needs to know that. <laughs> All right, Australia's greatest pot doesn't stand for it. What we do stand for, though, is Australia's greatest betting agency, Palmerbet, and we'll. Uh, You'll hear us mention them a few times, but we're uh, we're brought to you by Palmerbet. Um, oh, fantastic yeah. partnership announced last week. Probably didn't get a lot of uh, close contact. Congratulations from a few people. I was a bit fucking uh, shook. I think uh, you know? I think people are, are, are rattled about how how the podcast is progressing. So they're a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I just expected a couple of texts like, "Geez, you boys are fucking flying." Well done, like we sort of did. You know, mm. we've always been people's support network. I don't know. Just wow. felt a bit strange being on the other end. But anyway, I I digress in that. But I just wanted to uh, to personally. Uh, Mention the partnership again because you're going to hear it. We're not being silly. It's not. not when, we, this is a legitimate thing, and we are, we're wrapped to be a part of the Palmerbet team. And where I'm going to this with with you, Macon, is I'm heading into the uh, the UFC review from the weekend, which was brought to you by Palmerbet, and we put on a couple of multis. We did, mate. And Fuck we the gambled odds. responsibly. The odds were and juicy. We got one up. 
They were juicy, mate. They, uh, tell you what, juiciest odds in the biz, Palmer bet. Gamble responsibly. But, uh, yeah, UFC 270, fuck, it delivered, didn't it? It absolutely delivered. We had, we just had like seven-year-old on Christmas morning attitude last week, didn't we? We were up and about the boys. We were oh. like, this is, we've been made to wait for a big pay-per-view for probably, what would have it been in all up, maybe a month? Yeah, it'd have been a good probably four to five weeks between pay-per-views. So we were ready. <laughs> we were ready, all right. We, we, uh, let, let's go take us through the, um, now, you, uh, you hitched this podcast wagon to a man. I did, um, mate. You've been having a few back and forth, and you really, uh, you've gotten fully behind, and I've jumped on board. We rarely align, but with the Aussies, we tend to. You and have to. We're absolutely uh, all in on this fella. Tell the, uh, the listeners, if they are listening for the first time, who we're speaking about. Maybe give us a bit of a, a, a summary on that man and that man's performance, and just what else sort of caught your eye from the, the event on the weekend. Well, mate, last week we hitched ourselves, we hitched our entire reputation to the bandwagon of uh, a young Aussie, Jack Della Maddalena, the young dynamo from Perth in his debut. And I tell you what, I uh, couldn't have pumped him up more last week and he could not have delivered and uh, done us proud. He absolutely delivered in spades, didn't he? Holy moly, what a debut. What a way to spark yourself into the, the mix in the UFC. I want to ask you, just before you get into it as well, I want to. I saw, uh, I just went to our Instagram, I always like to have a look at our Instagram and see if there's any traction. I saw um, the clip, I think you shared the clip of the win, right? Yeah. I noticed something, did you notice the way he hit the strike and the little shuffle to do the finish? Who did that? Did you see it? Or you sort of, I think what I- I'm trying to say is there's a man that you absolutely adore and... I saw some similarities in the striking ability and even just the poise in the way he ran over to finish the fight. Do you, you know tell what I'm me. talking about? Tell me what you've, uh, what you've thought. Well, what other man do you love that's got a very beautiful, sweet left? Oh, yes, absolutely. The... So if you go back, go, I mean, it was a question without notice, but if you go back and watch after this podcast. Yeah, the Irishman. Text me. Yep. The way he hits him so cleanly, and then he's little, he doesn't rush. He just, the way he sort of... Fluid. Fl- beautifully, like, in in control. Like, some guys completely, you know, yep. run in and can catch, you know, you never know what the guy's going to do, if he's going to roll back. But the way he just, I don't know, I could be looking too much into it, but just I just saw a, a bit of uh, Conor McGregor about the way he cleanly hit him and then the way he sort of finished it without sort of, once Conor gets you hurt, it's very rare he doesn't finish you, and the way that... Um, Maladonna, Malad, uh, fuck. Diego Maladonna. Diego Maladonna finished him. It just was very clinical, and I just personally, you know, I saw elements of uh, of Mystic Mac in the way he went about that. I mean, that's a big rap, and I'm probably going overboard, but just the way it looked to me was a man that's very uh, capable and mm. not sort of uh, the big the big moment didn't uh, well, didn't set him on the wrong course, did it? He fucking definitely. got it done and got it done beautifully. For a man in his debut at 25 years of age, he 100% showed a lot of poise, a lot of calmness. Uh, it just looked like a duck to water, basically. He didn't look overawed by the situation, knew what he had to do, went in there, and fuck, as soon as the bell rang, he delivered. It was just his jab, his right jab was just money for the first... <laughs> that guy. Like, I tell uh, you what, it, I think it only lasted maybe two and a half, three minutes, but that guy's face was minced. Looked like he'd been in a war because it was just jab after jab. It was just landing at will. It was just chipping away, touching the nose, touching the face. And yeah, I tell you what, you don't have to go for the knockout all the time. You just have to touch a bloke 
get them uh, on the back foot, and all of a sudden he's bleeding. He couldn't breathe. This bloke was just looking for the exits. And before you knew it, Madalena hit him with the, the fucking clean strike, dropped him on his ass, and it's all over, mate. Have we seen a man look so bad after sort of three and a half, four minutes ever? Not really. Like, he looked like he'd been through fucking torture. Like, not even Diaz after a five-rounder looks like that, and he's a bleeder. Mate, that could be what it's like stepping in the ring with Jack Della. It could just be a torturous experience for opposition. So, I like just calling him Jack Della. It makes it a lot easier than the tongue twister. He was Jack Della, but he uh, he's decided to throw the Madalena on the end there. Just, uh, Jack Della, Madalena. Make it hard for everyone. But, nah, look, he just... I can't... I can't wrap him up enough. We're hopefully going to look to get him on the pod, so keep your eye out there for that. We're getting on the ground floor with all these blokes. And, uh, yeah, so he, he paid out not much because Palmer Bet weren't given the juiciest odds, unfortunately, for him because red-hot favourite. They, they knew. They knew. Well, I mean, they, they partner with us because we are Australia's hottest pod, but yeah, they we, uh, you, they... you were coming off an eight-legger. Like we, we, we could almost be fucking, what do they call them? Um the odd makers. We we could we could be bloody getting a job there. The form guy, the form, form men. Guy. I don't know, but we. Couple I of reckon f- we talk talk that that odds down a bit. But yeah, dollar sixty. I think we got him at. Um, couple of clairvoyance, you could call us. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, we we had a we had a we, we had a fair bit on that, and that got up, didn't it? What else? Uh, that got up. What else happened on that uh, beautiful event on the weekend? Anything that stood out? Anyone that stood out, or was it? Did it go uh... the way you expected it? Look, there was a man named Victor Henry. Uh, young, uh, not a, he's actually mid-30s, I think. He's weighed... Yeah, no, he's 35. Victor Henry, the 35. I think he's had 26 or 24 professional fights. Finally got his chance to make his debut as well on the uh, on the UFC main roster. And, mate, he was the biggest outsider on the entire card. And he put on a performance and got a very good win. Uh, he showed some uh, showed some, some ticker too, didn't he? Cause showed some ticker. The other fella had his way a little bit and then it... Like the commentators were really giving him the the rub, mm-hmm. old yellow shorts, yep. and then uh, something happened. But the fight just flipped, didn't it? Yeah, it, uh, he it just flipped, flipped, and his output was massive. It was just strike after strike. Uh, got the big raps from all the Joe Rogans and the DCs and the Anik. They were very impressed. So I reckon you'll see uh, Victor Henry in the octagon pretty soon again. I reckon. Um, and a little side note to him, his uh, his walkout music was yourself and Goose's oh, favorite yeah. band. Actually, he's a heavy metal. I was excited. Uh, I missed it. On the day, I must have been going to grab myself a nice little margarita in a can, but he actually had a, uh, a band from New Orleans by the name of Goat Whore. Yes, that's right, I said it, Goat Whore. A nice uh, sort of thrash metal band there from New Orleans. Uh, and I wouldn't say a favourite of mine, but I am a fan. I've seen them live a couple of times. Uh, some nice riffs, Matty. No, and, I only said favourite just from the, the trip when you and Goose swapped kits. Yeah, I did wear a Goat Whore T-shirt on uh, footy trip and really shocked a few blokes there. And Goose himself had to get... He had so to he's do come a, out to that. So he's ticked the box with his love of music and then he's yeah. ticked the box with his ability to fight. We were all up and about and yep. um, we've made contact. So he, he'll be a potential future guest. Yeah, that, uh, we are. We're keeping our uh, irons in the fire with these blokes. Tell you what, you've got a bit of Babe Ruth about you on Instagram. Just uh, call the shots, you reckon? Well, sl- call the shots and sliding in, you know, because they slide. Oh, they mate, yeah. I'm, I'm hitting DMs pretty hard. you got to do it. you got to hustle. Oh, I've done it myself. It's um, – and look, we always – as you heard with, with, the, with the malarkey, you said, like, you know, sorry for off air for, you know, annoying you, but they don't care. Like, I've always said to you, if they're going to – if they see it and they answer it, they're, they're happy to. Like, End they don't have to, right? End of the it's day. Ability. So I reckon it's fantastic. And he'd be pumped because we're Australia's hottest potty. He, or he might like the uh, – the reach we can give him in Australia. The more people talking about the sport and uh, casting eyes on it and ears on it, I think it's just best for everyone. So 
Absolutely. So what else uh, What else caught your eye? What else? We had a multi-guy. We had uh, Saeed Namagomedov, who is not related at all to Khabib. I uh, figured there right. during the week. <laughs> well, not even cousins. All, not you even. basically said they're all related, which wow. could get you into some hot water if you're ever traveling over there anytime soon. But Apparently he, no uh, blood. He fought like he had blood coursing oh, through yeah. his veins. That was an easy easy work there against Cody Stamen. I got it? I got I got sexed up with the cowboy hat by. I said, "Geez, this bloke looks yeah. like a typical sort of truck driving." Like, yep, I'm going to fight you in a bar, and we were both a bit nervous about that leg. And then it was like, "Nah, oh. we'll, we'll just finish the fight inside 50." Just choked him out pretty pretty quickly. So that was so we uh, were uh, we were two from two. two we were gambling two. very responsibly. Brought to you by Palmerbet. Um, yep. Who else did we have in the multi, and how did they go? Well, we moved on to Flippy Boy, didn't we? Our mate Flippy Boy, Michelle Pereira. Up against, uh, gee, I can't quite remember that bloke's name off by heart right now. Uh, uh, I'll get it for you. Uh, play, top of here, nah. oh, Fucking, I don't know, but... Uh, no, I got it here. He was fighting. It was a Give good me one fight. sec. It was a good fight, a competitive fight. He was fight. fighting Andre Fiala, who Fiala. looked like he was Andre. I've got no fuss in accepting what you got. I'm going to punch you back in the face harder, Fiala. Mm. He, was, yeah, tough. he was a scary, scary man, that bloke. It was a good fight, a competitive fight. Flippy boy, uh, he did a couple of little interesting things. He flipped, and when he flipped, I thought, uh-oh. Yeah, it didn't quite work out. I think he has to just cut the flips. But in the end of the day, he did get the win. It was a solid win. I think he uh, yes. two rounds to one. So the multi was looking good still. Three from and, three. Uh, and then we went, we, so and where, 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 just quickly, where do you see Flippy boys? Do, do you see Flippy boy ever breaking into the mm. absolute? Or do you uh, think he's just, because he looked like at, to me, I'm not a big flippy boy guy, but I I um I got on him in the multi, obviously. But I reckon we're sort of I don't think we've got much more to see from him in improvement. Yeah. I, I think he gets hit way too easily, and if he fought some of the better guys, he was getting pieced up at one point in that yeah. fight. Yeah, I don't think he's uh I don't think he's like championship material. No. Let's be honest. I think he's not up there with the the elite. I reckon he's around that sort of fifteen to twenty mark. He might. You know, I, I, yeah, I don't expect to see much more from Flippy Boy ceiling yep. wise. I reckon he's at his ceiling. Yeah, so do I. But that, that was good, and he's, he's entertaining. There's, he there's no doubt he hasn't been in too many stinker fights from memory, no. and he uh, he brings something a little bit different. And not everyone has to be the same. So bringing some of that capoeira type mm. of flips and uh, different strikes and pushing off the cage and feints and. All sorts of things, wheel kicks. I think he landed with some sort of flip wheel thing, and yep. that's great because not everyone does it, or hardly anyone does it. So you don't always have to be the big hard guy that you know takes way too. You know, I have to just fight a certain way. It's great that he gives the fans something else, but I don't think he's got. Nah, I don't think he's got championship uh, ability. But you never know. We've seen seen uh, funnier things. And then look, what, what do we get? The co-main. Yeah, what, talk uh, about championship caliber level fighting. Mm. What do we got? Baby, assassin baby, Brandon Moreno against Figueredo in the in the the trilogy fight, and this was always going to be a barn burner, wasn't it? Uh yes, it was. The, 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 if if the two previous were anything go by, it was it wasn't not going to deliver, and uh, it absolutely probably fight of the night had to be, didn't it? Yeah, it's got to go close, doesn't it? Like, um, look, you just tell. You can sometimes tell when two blokes are fighting that it is the upper echelon of a particular weight class, and it's as good as it gets. And they are they are the primo, cream of the crop of the uh, 125 division, and they uh, that fight could have gone either way, couldn't it? Obviously, uh, Figueredo captured his belt back again off Moreno, 
But geez, it was a fucking roll of the dice there. I wasn't sure personally. I know I was texting you and a couple others. Matty Harry was out there as well. None of us had any idea really who was going to get the nod when uh, Bruce Buffer announced the winner. Either way, Mako Shark, you uh, you would have been comfortable with, at the decision if it went yep. either way. You would have gone, yep, yeah, okay. It, it, yeah, it really each was. Each man did enough is what I'm saying to walk away with that belt. I, I was leaning towards uh, Moreno to, to keep his belt, but um, that's not to say that I didn't think the other fella, Figueredo, deserved it. And I reckon if they fought 10 times, it's basically a 5-5 split is how yeah. I see those two guys. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, it was a roll of the dice, as I said. Moreno, I don't know, it was just there was a couple of rounds there, especially early. They were just such close rounds. Like, honestly, the round finished, and I just didn't know how. I couldn't have said who won the round. And when you have rounds that are just genuine razor's edges like that, then really the fight could go either way, and you can't begrudge it. I thought he focused a little bit, like he was getting too into like the the movement outside of fighting, like the shrugging my shoulders yeah. and the smile. I just sometimes don't like when fighters do that. Like, like when he got punched, he would sort of overreact a little bit. and all this. It's like, yeah. nah. I, um, as I said to you last week, I when you said uh, multi aside, podcast aside on air, who do you think? And I said red stripe. I yep. actually, I did a second. Yes, you did an multi, off air so multi. I replicated, I replicated my multi and added red stripe and, uh, and Francis and got a 20, 23 dollar price wow. adding those two boys so oh yeah what um so you've had a nice old, little win my there. punk club i was under pressure the punk club were into me they were like well you've clipped us week after week which we have but absolutely uh deserve it had to be clipped because yeah. we're giving nine and ten dollar odd chances yeah. in a two two horse race so yeah. no one got on them and then yeah. it was my turn and uh the pressure was well all right you reckon you're the you got the Australia's hottest podcast, your co-host of that, like you've got to give us, you just signed with a sack up. Palmer bet, you better deliver and the yep. big fella delivered. Yeah, fantastic. That is, a, it was a smart bet on you, on your behalf there. Yeah, sorry, it wasn't 20, that was my uh, my NFL multi, which also won, just oh. to give myself a bit of a lick Jeez, there. It was, yeah. it was actually a $13 when you put Mourinho and, and Franny in, which Franny got down about $2, I think, by the end of it, but. 13 bucks, still juicy. I was juicy. happy when, he, either way, I didn't mind with that result because we had, had the two multis going and I was gambling responsibly. Um, As you always and then we do. got into the main event. What were your thoughts on that? I know you're a humongous uh, I'm a big Francis guy. You're probably, uh, you're, you, you got in, I reckon, real ground floor because you were even on him when he'd had a loss. You stayed with him. You oh, haven't, yeah. uh, you haven't been sexed him. up by these uppercut finishes. You were there on his worst day. So was it a, was it a nice day for yourself watching? Well, it was a big day, actually, wasn't it? The uh, end result, mate, obviously Franny retained his title, but it did not come in the way that anybody expected. Uh, I don't think there's a person out there alive that could uh, hand on their heart say they saw Francis Ngannou winning this on points over five rounds. Well, I did say to you on the pod last week, he was paying $18. I know. It was ludicrous odds if you had gone with it. I actually thought in my head, I probably just sometimes you get these. I honestly thought if he didn't knock him out, he wasn't going to lose. I, I didn't think he was. At, I thought the other bloke. I don't know about the other bloke. I mean, he's a bit something. He, it's like um, we talk about the shit business wrestling. You, you, you've heard of that. Cesaro, you know that Cesaro guy. I know him. Yep. Who seems like you look at him? He does. He's like he's got like the perfect physique. He can do like flips. He's a flippy boy. He's strong as a fucking bull. He's like. He's got everything, but then he's never been able to get to the top. Like, he's never been anything but a mid-carder. But really, if you gave some of the blokes that are at the top his attributes and look, they'd probably be one of the best of all time, right? I almost think Cyril's got a bit of that about him where looks great, looks fluid in the ring, 
But I reckon he's, I don't know, he's missing like an X factor or he's just not it. I, wow. I just, I can't put my finger on it, right? He's He's got everything but something. And the something's what I reckon is the thing that he, I'm going to call it now like I've done with the diamond. I don't reckon he's ever winning the strap, ever. That's a fair call because I reckon uh, we, we said it perfectly last week. I said that I thought he was getting impromptu raps. I thought that everyone was jumping on him just a little bit too early and he hasn't quite shown enough. They want to, they were, I know it was the UFC trying to pump him up as the next big thing, and just all you heard was we've never seen a bloke like this at heavyweight. We've never seen anyone with skills like this ever. He's a he's a new breed. But mate, I told you he hadn't had the greatest performances in his career. Who's he? He's gone five rounds with Jazino Rosenstrike. He went five rounds with Volkov. Who I've called out as a side note. I've uh, I've put the open challenge out to the big yep. fella. Yep, come Pretender on. to contender. I'm coming for you. Rosenstrike's in big trouble once Matty C gets his hands on him. But like I think it was just it was just an early pump up on him and we saw it. Francis Ngannou is not known for his uh, ability on the ground, his wrestling skills, even a bit of jiu-jitsu in there. Like as soon as it got to the ground, Gun he was he was a fish out of water, mate. And for someone who made a crucial error in the fifth, oh he did a big error. I just think he just didn't quite know what to do. He he was gassed. I'll tell you that much. He was probably gassed by the third round. It wasn't going his way. And look, it was it was unexpected. But I am uh, mightily impressed by what Francis was able to achieve. And uh, perfect. I love this stuff. Backed himself in, contract fight. Yep. Said, nah, I know my worth, and now I've got your belt, and I've just beaten your best guy that you tried to screw me out of by giving him an interim fight when really done nothing. And I'd only, what, I'd been dormant and not fighting because of a health issue anyway. And I wanted to go back to my motherland, which you should have been promoting and assisting with, if anything, Yep. Um, after knowing my story. But yet you've been the opposite. And now I'm, I've am i put you under a fucking... Wow. Yeah. I, I think if he goes and fights Tyson Fury, he gets beaten, right? Just, oh, just yeah. does. Of course he does. But Tyson Fury has shown that as good as he is, he does leave himself open. And I, we don't know what he punches like with boxing gloves on compared to Deontay Wilder, but I would have thought he yep. hits as hard, if not harder. Yeah, I'd so agree. you never know in a in a sport like that. But he's probably going to go and do that fight at some point, I reckon. Well, we don't know how it gets done, though. But I can tell you what. Uh, well, it Dana... gets done because now he's out of contract. But being the champ, he has to sit out for 12 months. So for yeah, him, we has to sit out, you sign he? the deal in the background. Uh, and then you go and train in boxing only for 12 months. Well, he obviously needs to uh, get the knee sorted, as we found out post-fight. He's torn his MCL. And I think there's a slight partial tear to the ACL. Which... Yeah, that, that will be need to be repaired, coming from uh, Dr. Crooks here, with my bad, worst knees. I'm on Australia's greatest pod, but I also own Australia's worst knees. Absolutely, real stinkers. But you could tell, after he said it, you actually realise, you go back and watch some of that fight, his knee was clearly compromised. He was very flat-footed. He had the knee, like, what do you call them? The uh, knee pads on. He... He did he have knee pads. I thought that's what it was. I thought he looks different. He looked weird. <laughs> he wasn't moving at all well. He wasn't. His striking was well down on usual. He couldn't switch stances. He couldn't go laterally at all. He was basically just a stationary target. He wasn't. He wasn't how he was against Stipe. Not at all. So for him to be able to get through, not only that, but then figure out another way to win that no one expected. Like I think big pump ups, and everyone's impressed except one man, Matty. Now, just to explain to the listeners what actually occurred. Right. So he was. Was the boss there to put the strap on little Figgy? Yes, he was. And then what happened when he's most hated one? Dana White has genuinely spat the dummy, toys out of the cop by, by what it looks like. Obviously, as you know out there, every title fight without fail, Dana White is in the cage to strap the belt around the winner. 
But he was uh, noticeably absent from this. He was not there. One of his uh, sidekicks, Mick Maynard, was there to put the belt around Francis. Dana White had genuinely shit himself, by the looks of it. Shat the bed, spat the dummy. He's taken off. It's, it's just very unusual, very strange. I can't understand it. And not only that, he then also no-showed the post-fight press conference, which has basically never happened before. So, so, so what I don't know. Jake Paul's been saying about him? Very strange. He he's actually I can't. I want to hear it from him. He hasn't come out yet. He hasn't said anything. So I'm interested to find out what his crap excuse will be because that's genuinely unthinkable. I think it's a disgrace. Um, as the head of the business, that yeah. you've got. This is what I've always said to you that I don't like about him. He gets his favourites and. People that do the right thing, yes, man, that he puts in front of people that speak their mind and, and have a personality, which that sport should be about that. And having this fucking, I don't know, juiced up, absolute bloody uh, imbecile at times, drunk with power yeah. type of guy, just not even have the respect of his heavyweight champion who's shown the world something he's never shown before. He mm. should have been celebrating it, right? Yep. Regardless of how you... You're allowed to have a beef or not like someone, but then... You know, that's business. Like I talked about my the, the dibber-dobber before. Like you at your work, you don't get along with everyone. But if someone did a good job at something and you, you – fuck, if you ran the business, you, you say, good job, mate. Like you don't have to – the two don't have to combine. But well, the way he took his ball and ran home, he's like a fucking petulant child. At the very least, as you said, as the face of the company, you still got a fucking – you got a responsibility to show up to the press conference. You don't have to say, hey, we love each other. We're good mates. You don't have to say anything. Just say, look, we'll figure this out when we can, but just don't even mention it. Just fucking do your job. So I can't believe he's taken off, to be honest. Well, it's almost as boring a fight as it was, because it was boring. Yeah, that's... Because um, yes, he was. had no explosiveness. And that sort of, when you hear about the knee, you go, ah, that's why he wasn't able to plant and really... And Cyril Garney, he, he he's partial to a boring fight. Oh, that's what I'm saying. All the serials, I reckon all the serials fights are boring. Yeah, basically. So um, You've got to then, I would almost say it's performance of the night to beat a bloke on points when you've everyone said you've got no cardio, you don't have, know how to do any wrestling or any jiu-jitsu or bit, work yeah. off your back, work on top. You know, he was vulnerable with with his arm at one point, got out of that vulnerable in the last round, you know, when he's supposed to be gassed and not have the cardio and he's got a fucking busted knee and he's still able to flip around and control and fight 25 minutes, almost the perfect fight yeah. for the way it went. And he you did. almost, as the owner of the business, should be celebrating that, in he, my opinion. He did everything right on the ground. It was actually phenomenal to see. I saw a good meme, actually, today. They said, uh, we're living in a fantasy land where uh, Kamaro Usman, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the, the, the wrestling extraordinaire is now knocking blokes out. That. And the good. knockout artist, Francis, is now wrestling blokes. Like, what is going on? It's a wild... Uh, Wild scene. So just quickly, um, the co-main, the two boys, do they go a fourth or is there a – Is there a? Oh. do they both go and fight someone else, get wins, go again, or do we just run it back again? What would you like to see? Look, just on paper, you think you probably run it back again, but then like you actually think that's quite absurd. Can you – never in history has... well, What happens if uh, he loses, Figgy? Then you've, you're 2-2, two, two, really, so you've got to go five. Oh, no, no, yeah, then you go again. Like, it's never in history before has what just happened – Happened. No one's ever three fought back to back three to back. back to back to back for the belt. Never happened. So to go a fourth, like it's pretty obscene. Like you're going to be holding that division up for like two straight years. Is it? Is it possible? Maybe. Maybe not. Like Moreno only had the belt. He never defended it. So 
potentially doesn't quite deserve an instant rematch. Maybe he goes back, he fights, a, a, I don't know, an Asuka, Askarov or a Kaikara France, the winner of that fight, potentially. I don't really know, but to go four straight seems on paper pretty ludicrous. But I think the fights are entertaining enough yeah, to go a fourth and even a fifth, right, in my opinion. But when you talk about holding a division up, you've seen it with uh, in the boxing with Deontay Wilder and Jippo for nearly four or five years, three yeah. fights. Like I know. a drawn fight, an absolute obliteration. So that should have been it, right? And then they went again. And some are calling it like one of the – it wasn't. It was sloppy, in my opinion. Um Jippo was out of shape, but just he's just that much better than him from an actual boxing ability. He got the, got the job done. And then they were, there was rumours after that, oh, we'll go a fourth. And yeah. I was like, if they go a fourth... No one wants it. I'm not talking about... I actually, on this pod, I, I would have... I would have. Uh, well, I think in that particular instance, it's so clearly in Tyson Fury's favour that the fourth is... No one wants the fourth. No one wants it. But in this one, it's... Yeah, in this one, the, the fights are so entertaining, so competitive, that I think fans wouldn't... Would be happy with a fourth. So yeah. the fan demand is there. And also another factor is there's not really many blokes banging the door down at 125, like demanding no. a title shot. So... Very possible they go a fourth, which would be uh, extreme stuff. I saw a little rumour that could be Figueredo said, uh, I'll fight you a fourth time in Mexico. Yeah, I heard that. See, that's nice. That'd be good. That'd uh, be, geez, uh, that crowd would be hot. Hot crowd. Hot crowd. Yeah, I'll be down for that. Hot crowd. Um, and we're not saying sexually hot. We're saying the, the wow. heat of the resident. Maybe sexually hot and yeah, hot. Yeah, a bit of everything, I reckon, down there. be bloody a violent place to be if you're fighting the hometown boy. He's a much-loved sort of man, isn't he? He is, and like Franny goes off, gets the knee repaired. Do we see him again in the UFC, or do we see a bit well, of a Bret Hart? Does he take the strap to the boxing world? Did you see? There's a bit of news on the wire just earlier today. Uh, I'm not Didn't sure if you saw it or not, but word. I think he might have uh, unveiled this piece of information on our friend of the pod, Ariel Helwani's MMA. Hour. Huge friend of the pod. He's, he's uh, he'll come on one day. Uh, we'll get Ariel. Ariel, good man, Ariel. Yes, good man. Um, good man. I think, yeah, today on his show live, Vingano revealed that this is this is a bomb drop. Apparently, the UFC is suing Francis Ngannou currently because uh, they reckon that he was in talks with Jake Paul's manager about, like, a boxing, something to do with boxing, and they're suing him, apparently, for, like, a breach of contract or something of the sort. So, that's big news. He's so, not fighting in the UFC again. I don't think the relationships are too rosy at this point. Dumb. So who Just the- so dumb. Who the fuck? Who the fuck knows what's about to happen between those yeah. two? Uh, and then I, I predict Cyril will go off and have two or three more losses and become a ten-four boy and never see him again. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. I wouldn't happens, count Nick. him out. They all, this, you know, the the light heavyweights. You know, the bloke that took John Jones as far as he's ever been, and every, ooh, oh, yeah, ooh, this yeah. guy. And then what's happened to him? Dominic Reyes just. Absolutely he blew moves up. as well as we've seen. He strikes. He's the package. He's got everything. And then... And don't forget, as he said, I, I used to play college football. So Played college football. Yeah, cool, man. You, You're such an athlete, Dominic. Fuck off. Yeah. But... So that happened to him and he's disappeared, right? So... I tell you, it, if uh, Garn was to fight, say, someone of Stipe, maybe Stipe gets his next fight. I think, yeah, as you said, Garn's going to find it pretty... A uh, bit of a rude awakening there. He could go two straight losses for sure. Well, I think with um, with Garn, his striking isn't anywhere near as scary as like a friend. And I think the only thing that France has had over Stipe, really, is that... Ability- Stipe looked little compared to him too, which wasn't great. But just that sheer power, I'm going to actually break your face. I don't think Garn's got break your face to no. Stipe. Stipe's fought... Some heavy strikers, and he's probably the the goat heavyweight as it stands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, don't I think, think Stipe would uh, would would 
have no dramas with uh, with yeah, Cyril. I think he um, had classes him. You saw he's beaten bloody Daniel Cormier twice. I I don't think he'd be too worried with Cyril going. Well, DC's not in the in the in the business of losing, as we've seen. No, he's all. in the business of crying. Wow. But doesn't doesn't lose. But one of the best. So I think Stepe. I think he walks through Cyril Gunn. So yeah, as you said, I think Cyril Gunn. Uh, he's got to have to work on a lot of things. Absolutely. So it was a fantastic event. Um, we gambled responsibly. The UFC review was brought to you by Palmerbet. We gambled responsibly. We had a win. Shout out to Harry Harrison who had a win. Yes. A few of our listeners have uh, have signed right up to sign. the boys. Just sign right up if you can. Sign right up. We'll. Uh, We'll hopefully have some, some more information around some potential things that we might be able to do. It's very, very fresh, the deal. You know, we're just, we're just swimming through uncharted waters, mm-hmm. you know. It's yep. just, it is what it is. But we're definitely, uh, we're going to have some things for you in the future around uh, yep. a partnership with Palmerbet. We just can't give away too much because the, uh, the legals have to look at things, don't they, ongoing. The wheels are us, in motion. different. Wheels are in motion, everybody. But Palmerbet. Well, wheels are in motion. Wheels are in motion. Um, so yeah, well we we've got a week off this week, as in not us. We're always we're a weekly program, but the uh, the UFC a week off, and then we go into a fight night. I think it is on the sixth, yes, seventh, yes. I think it's a what is it? Sean Strickland, Jack Hermanson, yeah, SS. I think he's fighting. Uh, he's a loose Jackie Hermanson. He's a loose lunatic, uh, Sean Strickland. So we'll talk about him next week. That's on next week's pod. Um, personally, uh, yeah, I don't have much more else for you. Do you have anything? Yes, just want to shout out Jamie Malarkey, the Irish hooligan, once again for coming on, mate. The boys are really happy to have you on. I'm sure the listeners are going to be pumped. Uh, everyone out there, chuck him a follow. Make sure you order. Make sure you order UFC 272 in six weeks. Don't fucking stream it because blokes no, no, like no, we don't we don't stand for that. I know the I know there's a lot of shit about the fighter pay, but blokes like Malarkey, they're busting their ass, risking their lives for our entertainment. So the least you can do is uh, line his hip pocket. And, so you uh, can follow him on all his socials. What else can you do for us? Well, one more thing you can do for us, everyone, and that is bloody gamble responsibly. Who the fuck is that guy?